Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. All right, welcome back to another Yahoo Sports NBA podcast. Glad you could join me today. And we got a good show uh, lined up for you. Bobby Marks, the front office insider for ESPN, former assistant GM of the Brooklyn Nets. He joins me. We go around the league a little bit. We talk about the Cavs and their potential trade issues in the aftermath of a pretty brutal last few weeks defensively. The news about Kemba Walker hitting the uh, potential trade market. Markel Fultz, what's the latest on him? And we look a little bit at the Trailblazers, what they might do if anything, uh, before the trade deadline. Stick around. Great talk with Bobby Marks. That's next. Let's go. This is the Yahoo Sports NBA Podcast. Hosted by Chris Mannix. From interviews. Let's bring in John Wall. He's Reggie Miller. Bring in Eric Spolstra. To the latest NBA news. To insights you won't get anywhere else. Rioting is bad. You shouldn't riot. Past episodes of the podcast can be downloaded in the iTunes Store and Google Play. Why wouldn't you go back? Subscribe and leave a rating or comment. Here he is. Speaking of guys putting their foot in the road. Chris Mannix. Yes. Joining me on the podcast this week, making uh, one of his... Less frequent, but still occasional appearances here on the pod. Bobby Marks, the former GM or assistant GM of the uh, Brooklyn Nets and now the ESPN front office insider after leaving us here at Yahoo in the dust. What's up, Bobby? Hello, Chris. How's it going? <laughs> hey, man. It, it's uh, the mid-season point, Bobby, when things start to get uh, to get fun. The Cavaliers are a train wreck. You know, you've already got some names out there on the trade market. This is the fun time of year for, for media and fans. Well, thank God for the Orlando Magic because yes. if it wasn't, <laughs> this losing streak would be uh, this would be a long one right now. But the the Magic uh, sandwiched in there with those two wins in Cleveland um, kind of has Cleveland in the in the three spot right now, kind of just holding on, uh, holding taking on. on water and holding on, <laughs> taking on waters. Right. All right. So let's get into that. The Cavaliers have lost five of the last six this month. They have given up 127 points to Orlando. 127 points to Minnesota, 133 points to Toronto, and over the weekend, a whopping 148 uh, to Oklahoma City. But to the Cavaliers' truthers, all is well. Uh, last week, several prominent Cavs players uh, told uh, multiple local outlets that this team uh, does not have the talent to, to compete 
at the highest of levels. So what is all what is the last few weeks, Bobby, tell you about the state of the Cavaliers? Well, it tells you that they missed Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing, and that's why I never, uh, never really bought into the, the the mantra that this is just another year, and this team will, uh, you know, click into gear once we get into February or March, and or when the playoffs start, because there is no Kyrie Irving, uh, and and it's taking Isaiah Thomas a long time to, and it will continue to take him a long time to to get back in, into form. If if Isaiah was healthy and this was the Isaiah Thomas in um in Boston then I would say yeah you know they'll be fine when they get to the playoffs but will we ever get that Isaiah Thomas back that that you saw in uh during last year so I think it's a it's a combination of a lot of different things uh we can harp on their defense I think their offense has led in led to their poor defense because they can't get back in transition um I think Ty Lue, and I know he came out and said he's not going to do anything. I think before Cleveland does any type of personnel decision as far as a trade, I think that you need to shake up the, the lineup to see what you have there. If that means getting Tristan Thompson back into the uh, into the starting lineup, if it means putting J.R. Smith on, on the bench. So I think that's the options that you would, you would need to look at. And if I was... Kobe Altman, the general manager, and I know it's a, it's a tough spot being a rookie GM. I think that's a conversation. You never want to tell the coach who to play, but I think it's certainly a conversation because it would make, it would make Kobe's job a little bit um, a little bit easier here. So, uh, but it will be interesting. We are about two and a half weeks away from from, from the deadline. They've got multiple options to go. You know, we'll talk about you know, certainly that that Brooklyn pick. They've got their mm-hmm. own pick. Um, I don't see how appealing outside of LeBron and even Kevin Love some of these contracts are. It's like if you're moving contracts to take a you're probably taking back another bad contract. So if you're if you're moving a Shumpert or Channing Fry and you're going out and you're gonna try to get George Hill, let's say. Well, then you have George Hill on this a nineteen million this year and nineteen million next year and then what do you do with Isaiah Thomas? So it doesn't really help, you know, the the, the problems. It it gets rid of some players. Um, but David Griffin, the former GM of the Cavs, I was listening to him um, on radio, and he made a great point. And he said, basically, there's too many mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team is deep, but not deep enough to to you know contribute on the court. They've got you know basically 12 players um, to try to figure out how to put on the court, and and their best stretch was when Shumpert was hurt, uh, when Thompson was hurt, when they really shrunk the rotation down to to nine players. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there. And a few things I want to unpack on, on what you said. The the comments that the the, the players, the prominent players, made uh, directed at the front office. First, I, I've I've never really seen something like that before. I mean, you've been in this business uh, on the executive side, but now the media. Have you ever seen like three outlets effectively get the same kind of line? Like several prominent Cavs players basically told ESPN, Cleveland.com. And uh, and the athletic, the three guys that that cover the team uh, most prominently on a daily basis. I mean, this this to me was very clear message sending from the top. That you know, I don't know why that you know LeBron wouldn't put his name on it, or whoever else was involved wouldn't put their names on it. But this was very clear message sending from the top um, that that you know, to the front office. And I'm wondering wh- what is would the impact? What is the impact on the front office? Of these public comments from Cavs players that the roster isn't good enough. Well, and it's it's also interesting from a team that's come that's gone to the finals um, three years in a row, and you certainly it's not it wasn't probably Isaiah Thomas or Jay Crowder two your new faces, and it wasn't probably said said A. Osman who came out yeah. and said that. Yeah. So you eliminate those three, and we can go down a list as far as who the returning uh, the returning group. So it had to have been one of your your core guys that have played in these finals the last three years to come out and say that I, if I was, if I was Kobe and I heard that um, I would be concerned, but I wouldn't be at the concern at the point where I need to go out and make a deal to satisfy the players on this roster. I think you have to look in the mirror here. Uh, I know this is the oldest team in the league. We can harp on that f- forever. Um, but there are, there is a stretch of games during the season when this team played well, but it was also against the soft part of your, part of your schedule. So yeah. um that that's that's I mean if you put your name to it and you said you know what at this time we're in mid January this team is not good enough for you know compete for a championship that's fine but to go out and kind of be that anonymous source and kind of hide behind things that that I think that's kind of the the, the big issue and I think they've already had a uh, I think they had a um, 
well, you know, one of those team meetings already. So you know, how many more are you going to want of those? It's surprising that, you know, you have to assume LeBron was involved as one of the prominent players. You don't really write something like that unless LeBron James is um, is in, in the middle of it. LeBron's been publicly critical of the roster in the past. Like, he has been, uh, uh, you know, vocal about needing to get, you know, another backup point guard from when it was just Kay Felder as the backup before uh, to Kyrie Irving, to getting J.R. Smith signed to a new contract when he was going through what he what he had. It's a little surprising not not to see LeBron just kind of publicly say we need help, like we need to go out and and get somebody. I don't know why he wouldn't put his own name name to that since he's not been shy about doing it in the past. No, it hasn't, and it's it's uh, it's every January it seems that he comes out and says that um, you know not not the roster isn't good enough that that we do need help. And last year they were able to go out and get um, Kyle Korver in yep. mid January. Um, I I don't know how much help is coming. Unless you want to trade the Nets pick, because uh, of what has been giving out in the past, there's a pick that goes out to Atlanta. I mean, we can go through the. I mean, I mean, Tyus Jones would be nice right now. I mean, they mm-hmm. traded they uh, they traded that the rights to that pick um, t- to Minnesota a few years ago. We can, you know we know about Wiggins. They missed out on Bennett. Um, so there's a there's a um, you know your past you can look back, but you were able to be camouflaged because this roster was, is a built to win now roster. So, but now when you have some, you know, now, as I say, when you have some holes in the boat and you start taking on water, then you can look on, look back and say, well, I wish I had this and that, but, but you sacrificed that. Um, but I, I, I don't, I look at the, the true value is the 5.8 trade exception. And that comes with taking on a lot of luxury tax and the Nets pick. And that pick right now is eight. Um, I talked to people close to that organization that feels that that pick has more value when they get to June. So where it, where it falls, there's a there's not much of a gap between um, I think five and eleven. There's like two games separated by those teams there. So, but the Nets team you think are going to go away are not. <laughs> I mean, and you've been right. You've been on it. I mean, what? Look at them against Miami. Look at them against Detroit on Sunday night. They play hard every night and there's no incentive for this team to lose games to get a good draft pick because they don't have their own and that's always been my point with the nets in that look they may eventually have some problems getting from like good to really good but their path from you know really bad to mediocre is i think easier than many other teams because of the roster and because of the coaching staff that they have i mean I, we'll see what Kenny Atkinson becomes as a coach when he's finally coaching a team uh, of players that are are built to compete for a top four spot in the conference. But for this group of players, Kenny Atkinson, who has got a history as an assistant of being a really top level developmental guy, he's kind of done that. He's done that with with some of these young guys, extracted as much as he can from some of these young guys. Now he's got half a season to work with Jaleel Okafor and, and try to get something out of him. And, and now he's got D'Angelo Russell back. And Russell in the first month was a 20-point-per-game scorer and, and one of the best, bigger surprises in the first month of the season. So I've always been more along the lines of this Nets pick is going to be in that 11 range. And you're right, like that 5-11, to 11, there's a lot of, you know, there's there's a very tight window in terms of wins that's that separate these teams. But as we progress into the season, the, the Nets are, are not going to be trying to lose, whereas like the Bulls, the Suns, maybe even, you know, the Hornets, if and we'll get to them, but maybe the Hornets, if they're starting to bottom out, there'll be teams that are just mailing it in, whereas the Nets every single night are going to be trying to win because they have no reason not to. Well, and that that pick, you know, going back to having value in June, it's got to be in that. I mean, let's throw out top three because there looks like Orlando, um, Atlanta, um, Sacramento. Those are those are your kind of yeah. your your teams in that range. Um, but if it's three teams nine, that absolutely want to be in that spot, like three teams that <laughs> and are going to stay in it. yes, and and will stay in that spot. I mean, we even thought Memphis was going to be in that spot, but they they played a little bit better lately. But if that pick is nine or ten going into June. They'll get a good player, but not a not enough of a transcendent player to convince LeBron to stay. It will help if he leaves, but I mean, but you know, developmental. I mean, is there a Donovan Mitchell there at ten, nine, ten? I mean, you gotta hope yeah. you you nail one of those, and those don't come around. Those don't come around very often. So, you know, so what do you do? Do you look at teams like the Clippers? Do you do you talk about DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams? the both of them together um, as far as, but, but the Clippers don't want to take back Tristan Thompson. 
you mm-hmm. know that con- that thir- if it was two years that third year is is the year when when Los Angeles could potentially potentially you know kind of have a lot of cap space to hit the um hit the reboot a little bit there so um do you look at teams that have multiple players do you look at Avery Bradley and Stanley Johnson and combo guys instead of guy instead of just that one name that we've we've all been you know I I, I was teasing with you I said give me five names over the weekend of a, but maybe it's maybe we start looking at teams that have multiple players mm-hmm. that can help balance this you know can you get a defender and and a you know another big um, and so that's I think that's what Kobe is doing is going through roster by roster but Kristaps Porzingis Carl Anthony Towns Devin Booker those guys are not available. <laughs> I mean, no, those guys are not available, and and the the Warrior roster and the Rocket roster is not available either. So, um, but it'd be interesting. We've got, and the other thing that hurts Chris is too is that the deadline has moved up to two weeks. I mean, if mm-hmm. we added uh, post All Star, you ha- you know you know always know that that eight day gap gives you teams to kind of sit back and and take a bigger dive into their roster. Yeah, and, and this is you know where the the value of of experience in your front office, not just an experienced GM, but having experienced hands in that front office, um, you know, becomes huge. You know, people that have been through you know stuff like this before and can can deal with this because this is like this is franchise changing here. What they do in Cleveland over the next few weeks is is probably going to you know uh, you know chart exactly what their next five years maybe looks like if they move that pick if they get an impact player maybe they win the east once again and maybe that's enough to convince lebron to stay if they don't and this trend continues that could be just enough to to for lebron to say well i i clearly can't win here we, we're all capped out boston's coming on like i'm gonna go find somewhere else to go to go and play this is a, a like i don't think you can underscore enough how massive the next uh what two and a half three weeks are for this team well, and they've got uh, San Antonio on, at San Antonio on Tuesday. Oh, the schedule's night. brutal. The next yeah, six games, I mean, it's brutal, yeah. I mean, you got two against Detroit, who's kind of in a free-for-all. Indiana, Miami, Houston, Orlando in there again, Minnesota. And uh, you've got a reactionary owner who reacts, I'm sure, based on wins and losses. And, and, and going back to the... Uh, you know the, the trade deadline moving up to February eighth. It's almost like the year when the um, remember that year with the strike shortened season and the deadline yeah. was like March fifteenth. It was like right during games, like when you do it post All Star. I think there's a Thursday or Friday game, but there's nothing before that. So you could have a team that has lost three in a row and are re- making reactionary trades. So that's that's why the difference in um, uh, difference in the in the deadline and and maybe Dan Gilbert's content saying, you know what. I want to rebuild, you know. I I want to hit the the reboot button and and you know hold on to this this Nets pick and let's just roll out this roster because how the East is shaping up. Uh, you know, Boston struggled a little bit lately. Um, it's kind of a. I still think Cleveland certainly has a good chance to get out, but I think they will get steamrolled by um, any of these teams in the in the West. <laughs> I mean, even Oklahoma oh, yeah. City, if they ever got there. Um, so is it that is that you just want to get out now? Do you want to get out of the East, or you want to win a championship? I think if you're the, that front office and you're Dan Gilbert, you have to really roll the dice on what you think that Nets pick is going to be. And you know, you can get an impact player for that Nets pick. We can debate the you know the the range of impact, whether it is you know an Avery Bradley or somebody else, but you you can get an impact player. Uh, if you trade that Nets pick, and you've got to kind of think like, is or you can say, all right, I, I really believe the Nets are going to be eleventh pick in the draft, and it's worth giving up that pick to get a guy that's going to help us, who guy in his twenties who's going to help us, you know, for the next four or five years, including uh, this season. Or you can they can decide, no, we believe the Nets are going to free fall, and we're going to put this thing in a lockbox and and not give it away. That's that's just just such a huge decision for those guys. Well, you're right. I mean, I think you've got to go through the net schedule. I mean, you, you can start looking at things. I mean, it's a it's a road heavy schedule in uh, in March just because they've got a lot of events in that building. With I think they have, they have the ACC tournament there. So, but that team's already surpassed their wins wins on the road from the lot previous two years. They've got eight wins last year. They had seven, I think, to finish the, the year. So, um, you can play that guess guessing game. Um, when you when you get into, uh, but you only have two two and a half weeks to kind of predict what the next two months are going to be. So that's where you you say this is the range where it is. If it if we think it's going to be ten to eleven, then we probably should look to maybe move it if we can get two players that are can help the roster that we have um, that we can have for next year and even the year after. The the DeAndre Jordan thing is interesting because you you certainly have to have a conversation with. Um, 
with Jeff Schwartz, his agent, and figure out would he opt into his contract before the trade uh, trade would be made. And if 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 I I just I can't go in there, Chris, with him knowing that he'll be a free agent, and basically it's it's you know contingent on LeBron James going back, and you've just mm. you've you've lost him or Lou Williams to free agency, and you've got nothing in return. That's a that's that's a, that's a career killer right there. Yeah, I'm personally, Bobby, hoping that it does get traded out west because then you would help teams coast to coast. <laughs> you would have helped Boston on the east coast and the Clippers on the west coast. You'd just be you'd be nationwide, my friend. Uh, I, I, and I feel so guilty when I talk about. It. I keep on <laughs> like I, I I worked there for 20 years and I was part of that front office that traded that pick and I and it's like it's now it's like a, like we should get T-shirts printed up. It's like the Brooklyn pick. I write about it. I talk about it. I go on Sports Center and talk about it. I'm like goodness gracious. I mean now and soon it's going to be we're going to trans we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about the uh, the Fultz pick I guess in oh, Philly yeah. as far as that uh, when when Boston gets the Kings number one pick next or a, a top three pick next year <laughs> Next the year in the draft, year, or the Laker the pick this year. Yeah, uh, that will crazy. be the new. Uh, that will be the new. It won't be the Brooklyn pick anymore. After this year, will be the uh, the Fultz pick. Yeah. All right. I want. I want to get to the, that. But before we close the book on Cleveland here, uh, David Blatt had a terrific troll the other night. <laughs> now coaching overseas, he was coaching in, I believe, what an All Star game over there, and he was doing an interview on the sidelines. And this is just uh, after. Uh, the day after that Oklahoma City put up 148 on Cleveland, he said, you know, I hope we give up less points than the Cavaliers did last night. So Blatt, unprompted, took a shot at his former team. But Ty Lue is now coaching this team. And look, the, the buck oftentimes stops with the coach. They say you can't fire the players. Uh, I don't think Ty is in any trouble this season, but how much of this is, is going to be on him if this team comes up short at the end of the year? Well, that David Blatt comment did not work out well for him because I believe he gave he up did. 151 he gave <laughs> in the All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, Ty Lue reminds me a lot of Byron Scott. Um, mild mannered on the bench. I, Ty has not gotten a technical all year either, I believe. Um, uh, players coach, um, lets the players kind of figure it out. Probably has an iron fist when, when the cameras on, aren't on him. And, um, so I, yeah, I don't, I would be stunned if Cleveland did anything with, with Ty Lue this year. I think you need to, I think he needs to, to to figure it out himself. But if it does get to a point when ownership and the management group um, are wrecking, recommending or advising him on far as what players or what kind of lineups, and he kind of puts his kind of fist down as far as what he wants to do, then I think then yeah, I mean if it doesn't if it if it doesn't work, then you, you maybe you do look at a different direction. But I I would be surprised if. If we see anything this year, even if this team continues to be up and down, yeah, I think there'll be a judgment on him at the end of the season for sure. If they uh, if they wind up getting beat in the conference finals, but uh, yeah, for this year, I don't see any upside in 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 letting him go. All right, let's move on. To, uh, your colleague and my former colleague, Adrian Wojnarowski, reporting uh, that Kemba Walker has been made available uh, by the Charlotte Hornets. Walker is the Hornets' uh, you know best player down there, arguably. Um, he's got one year left on his contract after this season, and Woj has been saying that the uh, the Hornets would like to attach Walker to one of their many, many bad contracts that they have. Collateral damage. Yeah, basically. <laughs> As yes. I he's, say. <laughs> he's the sweetener to take on the poison pill that they have uh, on that roster. Uh, gauge the market for me, Bobby, for, for a Kemba Walker. A bit of an undersized guy, but certainly a, a terrific pick-and-roll player. Uh, what's the market look like for Kemba Walker? For By himself? Great. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's got a great contract. He's not even top hundred in the NBA in salary. He's nineteenth in, in among point guards. Um, you know, twelve this year, twelve next year. But you have to, if you are a team that's interested, if you are New York or if you are, let's say Phoenix, uh, two teams that could probably use a starting quality point guard. Um, what do you want to take back with him um, as far as uh, what, you know what the roster um, is is that a team that you know maybe Cleveland makes put, put, put um, you know picks up the phone and because he's got some years left on and you know if you figure if Isaiah is not part of the future maybe that's a, a team but I mean Chris you look at the um, their their salary cap you've got Batum that is a monster contract. Uh, four years, a hundred million left. Um, you know, Dwight's two for forty-eight, and he's actually been pretty good. Uh, I know he's a, you know, he's a pain in the rear end sometimes. 
Um, but the Batum contract is is the is the is the kicker. If I'm Rich Cho, their general manager, if I, who I'm trying to to get rid of here, but and when they made all these signings, I didn't I didn't see anything wrong with it because they had come off the playoffs. They had to figure out either keeping Courtney Lee or Jeremy Lin, um, and they wound up picking Batum, Marvin Williams, uh, and Kid Gilchrist was you know with his rookie extension. Uh, but it, but it just it hasn't worked out. I mean, Batum has really regressed. I mean, he really has, and it, it's a big num. It's a huge number to take him on because what happens if you are a team and you if you take on Kemba Walker and you can't resign him or he goes somewhere else after in, in free agency? Now you're stuck with Batum at twenty five million and twenty seven million. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the risk, um, you know, with with, uh, with with Charlotte. I'd be surprised if he's if he's moved. I think you're more looking at him um, in the uh, in the off season if that's what they want to do. But as you know, it, he would be going into an expiring contract, and expiring contracts rarely have value unless you have a real good feel that you can bring that player back. Yeah, and the the other part of trading him in the off season is that perhaps you would give a new management group a chance to 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 make that decision. I mean, Rich Cho, I, I believe, is on the last year uh, of his deal. And, and you know, I've been hearing some things, Bobby, across the league. I've even been hearing the name Mitch Kupchak come up a lot when it comes to to Charlotte. There's some ties there from, you know, Mitch played at North Carolina. Obviously, he would bring some experience to the front office. I don't know exactly what role, um, you know, he would be in at this point. But I've been hearing a lot of connections uh, for Kupchak and, and that, that – uh, that Charlotte job, but if that's the case, if they are going to move in a different direction, it, it would make sense to to let you know a, you know a, a new group make a decision on uh, uh, their most valuable asset. I mean, if you're going to trade Kemba Walker, you know you better you know make sure you get this right. You better make sure that the the person making that deal is going to be around for for a couple of years. I mean, it's that significant, that franchise altering. I mean, they've got a lot of decisions there. I mean, I, you know, I, I think Steve Clifford is one of the best coaches in basketball. If they bring in new management, does management retain Clifford? I mean, that that's a franchise, Bobby, that I could see go through a major upheaval uh, this summer. Well, they are top 12 in payroll. They will be top 12 in payroll next year. It's basically, it's going to be deja vu because you basically have the whole roster back except for, you know, Carter Williams and some of the minimum players. So they're not going to be a big player in, in free agency. And it's, it's interesting because you, you talk about, um, you know, Mitch, as far as, you know, would they kind of, if they're going to look at a different management group, would they want to just kind of put the brakes to things and let them evaluate where in Mitch went in LA, you know, he went out and signed Mozgov and Dang and those guys. And then yeah. they went out and did a, uh, it's almost like the role reversal there. They went out and got, you know, Magic Johnson and, and, and Rob Palenka. So I think that's up to, up to Michael Jordan as far as that, you know, have a role when, during the trade deadline, um, if that is in the back of your mind that you are going to make a change because um, the one thing you don't want to do is move your best player and a player who wants to be there. I mean, you saw the interviews with him, with uh, with Kemba. I mean, he it, it was like he was stunned by he was stunned by it because he had never his name had never come up in uh, in I guess trade rumors um, before, but. Yeah, I mean, we thought Kid Gilchrist, you know, that, and it's a still a decent contract. We, you could get, you could have got more out of him, but there are, you know, one of those vanilla type teams um, that are just kind of, you know, they're they compete, but they're just not good enough. And if they are good enough, it's going to be in that maybe that seven or eight range. All right, so back to the folks over at Mattress Firm. Let's keep the ball rolling here, shall we? Everyone knows. How important stretching is before an event. So does Mattress Firm, except it's your dollar, not your body. Your budget stretches further when you're shopping at America's Neighborhood Mattress Store. It's a true home run, and you'll have a ball. They're the head coaches of when it comes to mattress expertise, but know this. They are more than mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They have literally and figuratively Covered up like your favorite cornerback. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening as I read this sentence to you. They even offer you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Talk about a one-two punch. A knockout, if you will. Score big with a perfect bed. Head to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to get the play-by-play. Now you can monumentally improve your sleep today tonight and tomorrow. All right, let's move on to uh, a guy you mentioned before, Markel Fultz, who is becoming one of the more fascinating stories uh, of this season. Fultz played in the first few games of the year. Uh, the the Sixers then shut him down with some shoulder problems. He's been back. He's been working out. 
but some of these like grainy Zapruder films you're seeing from cell phones, Bobby, show a jump shot that just continues to look awful. I mean, it looks like he's shooting like Chuck Hayes. Like if you go back and look at the way Chuck Hayes shot, he's he's shooting kind of in that that sort of push shot type of manner. Uh, how worried should the Sixers be about Fultz and his broken jump shot? Which at this point, Brett Brown is out there saying like, you know, forget health. He's got to learn how to make a shot. Like that. Like Brett Brown is now admitting that this is the problem with Markel Fultz. I mean, how worried should the Sixers be here? He looks like me shooting jump shots with my glasses off. That's what he looks well, like. I don't know what is going on. Like, so, like I, I feel like hopefully it'll be me in the next couple of months. But if it's not me, it's somebody else. Like somebody needs to write like the definitive. What the hell is going on with Markel Fultz story? Like, how did a guy who was a 40-plus percent three-point shooter in college, how did he all of a sudden develop the Rick and Keel case of the yips with his jump I, shot? I know, and I, I don't want to overreact when we see those those short videos on on um, online because, you know, it's 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 a couple jump shots. So I don't want to, you know, overreact, but um, it's, it is a mystery where he was at college because I mean I was on Markel. I mean I, you know our guys you know uh, Schmitz and Gavoni and those guys. I mean mm -hmm. they were high on them and I trust those guys and just watching him play. I mean he was a stud at, at Washington. I mean he was. I mean a combo guard, good size, can play one and two, and then like all of a sudden like what what happened? I mean and and I wouldn't expect. I don't expect him going to the G League, Chris. I would be stunned if they sent him down there because they would probably I would leave him totally exposed. I mean, if you if we're if we're wor they're worried about you know one minute of video clips and you know compare that to go and play for uh, the, the team in Delaware and playing for forty minutes and really be uh, exposed um, there. But that is a if that pick doesn't work out. I mean, we we tease a lot about the you know the Brooklyn trade and the mm -hmm. Boston trade. That is a killer to be, to be able to what you gave up. To move up two spots for um, for Markel Fultz with uh, giving up that Laker pick or possibly even that um, that Sacramento pick, and then Tatum going um, to to Boston at three. I mean that is, I mean you can recover from it because you've got Simmons and Embiid and Covington and um, that, that group. Too, yeah, yeah, Sarage, yeah. that group there, and you'll be. You know, you'll be a top. You'll you'll make the playoffs probably six seven there. But if, but but with a healthy Fultz at the level where he was at Washington or a Jason Tatum, there's that's the difference between being six and being in the top four. Mm. So and um, you know, for a guy that's the number one pick, I I you know, of course we don't give up on him right now. But that is that that is the most mysterious thing I've seen come across in a long time. Okay, but your argument against sending him the G League is that just because you know people look at that the the they get a lot of film on him and see what's wrong because at some point he's got to start playing like full five on five in a competitive environment and if he is fully healthy and if this is just about like you know a, a screwed up jump shot I mean just let him go down there and and burn for for thirty five minutes a night and see if he can re, uh, rediscover his confidence kind of on the fly I, I just don't think he can do it in practice I don't think he can do it warming up before games if that shoulder is fully healed and there's no problems physically I, I would dump him down there and say you know let, let's go let's figure this thing out well if he's healthy he should go and even if he if, if it does leave him exposed um, a little bit because uh, you know playing in a practice versus game uh, type situation although in a in a different league is is totally different uh, I would not want to roll him out there um, and we've seen I mean if this kid was in San Antonio he'd be in Austin right now playing yeah. um, we've seen a lot of teams take it uh, of their main players you know Kawhi Leonard went down to uh, down to, to to practice with with them. Um, so we've seen teams take advantage of it from from an all-star veteran type player to, to be sent down Jabari there. Jabari so, Parker, Jabari Parker's been up and down from there as he's trying to you know come back. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody's asked Brett Brown that question as far as you know sending him down to play or Brian Colangelo sending. I know they're very protective of the of the kid, so I don't know if that's ever been asked. But the longer this goes, the bigger the bigger. I mean, you, you can't in this day and age, Chris. Maybe in the nineties. <laughs> You can't hide stuff. I mean, uh, as as far as for for a player, so that's going to be that's going to be a question that someone is someone's going to need to ask if if he's if post All Star and he's not back, is there a plan for him to go play in a G League? And and then we'll wait and hear what it is. Forty one percent from three in college, forty seven point six percent from the field in college, a twenty four uh, twenty three point per game score 
in college. This has been, and we are less than a year removed. This time last year, Bobby, we were all sitting back going, this kid is the guy. Like, this is, you know, he was just starting to 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 separate himself from the field at the top of the draft. And I, I'm curious to know, and I haven't heard specifically from Boston on this about how much of it was what they saw from Fultz in a workout and how much of it was how much they fell in love with Jason Tatum. I would bet it's a lot more of the latter because Tatum kind of fits into what the Celtics are trying to do in terms of adding another score and have a ton of length and and, and, and switchability on defense on the perimeter. But there there has to be... You know, what, what went on from end of March to training camp when this shoulder thing and, and the shot thing kind of devolved. It, it's it's one of the more remarkable stories that, that I don't think has ever really fully been fleshed out at this point. I don't think anybody really knows. Exa- it's like Tom Brady's thumb injury from last week. Nobody at the time <laughs> knew exactly. It's Tom Brady's thumb, uh, thumb spread out over seven months is what it is. And nobody really knows exactly what happened there. The only questions I had with Markel coming out of um... – college was maybe some character issues if he bailed out on his team a little bit earlier down yep. at the end of the year that was really the only i had really nothing to do with um mechanics at all um it was just a little bit of of uh, of character issues and um i mean the basically the debate was tatum i mean i'm um, not tatum uh faults and ball i mean yeah. that was really the debate and then you know tatum kind of caught on um you know, when as the draft the process went 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 along, but I mean, they Boston nailed that pick and got right. and got assets back, which is you never do. Incredible, incredible. That's why Danny Ainge walks around the guard, big smile on his face every <laughs> every day. His team is the number one seed, and they're not even close to being where they're they're probably going to be in the next couple of years when Hayward comes back and these young guys uh, continue to develop. All right, let's uh, let's finish here uh, in Portland. I want to talk about the Blazers for a second. Blazers right now, uh, twenty five and twenty one, right in the back end. Uh, of that playoff bracket, but far from uh, a real contender. Um, you know, it, it, this is a team that doesn't have a lot of salary cap flexibility. Bobby, they they get Yusuf Nurkic last year, and that was viewed as a big time steal. And it was, uh, you know, getting him uh, from Portland and getting uh, a first round pick back uh, in return. But th- this is not a team right now that looks like over the last couple of years that looks like a true title contender. Do you think that Neil O'Shea and that front office should look at breaking up that backcourt to kind of reinvent this team on the fly? I think they should look at it when they get into the offseason. I don't think they should look at it going into the, the deadline um, just because I want to see this team one more time. Um, I think they over, um, you know, getting to the second round, they probably exceeded expectations a couple of years ago when they lost, uh, although they beat a Clipper team that had been injured and then you lose to um, Golden State and then you lose in the first round last year um, to the Warriors again. So it's still a team that I believe is top 10 in the, in the NBA in average age as far as one of the youngest teams. Um, what hurt uh, Neil and that group is the summer of 16 with uh, restricted free agency where um, you had to go out and you, you basically went out with, and it's a good philosophy to go with if your players play well, where you had to, you, you overpaid um, Harkless, uh, Myers Leonard, um, you got rid of the Allen Crab contract, but those guys besides, you know, Crab, those Myers Leonard really isn't tradable right now unless you no. attach something good to it. So that's usually the, the philosophy teams have that you don't want to lose your guy in restricted free agency because you can't replace him. So let's, let's sign him to a contract, hopefully he plays well. Um, and then we can put him on, on the market and maybe we can get pieces back for them. And they haven't, that has not been able to, to work out for them. Um, the Lillard McCollum combination, um, I think I would I would want to give another you know rest of the season for here and then we we get into the off season and if it's another first round loss which it probably would be if you are um, you never know if it's maybe they get San Antonio in the first round and San Antonio is kind of limping limping to the finish line but um, you certainly have to look at it because another team that has um, you've got 111 million dollars committed and your restricted free agents are Nurkic Shabazz Napier's had a great year. Um, Pat Connaughton, who's you know has a role off the bench, and um, Noah Vonley. So, you know, are, is Paul Allen ready to go into the into the tax again for a team that's you know forty five and um, forty five and, and, and thirty seven? So, uh, and McCollum's on a you know it's a it's a big contract, but he's got you know after this year he's got three years left. So, um, but I don't, I'm not ready to kind of throw in the towel yet on this on this Portland team. I, I'm 
willing to kind of let it go. Let, let's see how it goes through the next, you know, three, three months here. You know, they. I, I'm with you on keeping it together for at least the rest of this season. But what they need is, you know, for Zach Collins to work out. Now, he, he's been a rotation player this year, but they moved multiple draft picks to go up and, and get Zach Collins. They need him to be a, a, a starting caliber player to play alongside a, um, a Yusuf Nurkic. They need to hit on on a guy, you know, drafted 10th overall. I mean, they've got a they've hit on him because they could have had a, a Donovan Mitchell. Not that he would have made a ton of sense on on a team that already has two guards playing, you know, 35, whatever it is, minutes a night. But, you know, Zach Collins to me is the the difference maker on that team. If he pans out and turns out in, in year two and year three to be a productive sort of, you know, stretchy type of, of four or five man that can play alongside Nurkic, they might be able to continue to build because McCollum is only 26. Damian Lillard, only 27. Uh, both these guys are on, uh, I, I believe, still long-term contracts. Uh, they, they can continue to build around that core, but they they can't afford to whiff Bobby on on a draft pick like a Zach Collins. No, not in a draft when it's it's a last year was you know talent rich when you had I think it was, they had 15 and 20 and moved to 10. Yeah, um, that that's what they did, and then um, you know Mitchell goes at what, what 13 to, to Utah. Um, so and I know they're high on um, they're high on Zach Collins. So yeah, you're right. You've got to. Man, you got to hit on these these draft picks there because you know you could have them for four years on their rookie contract and probably another four. Um, so you have them for basically eight years, and free agency is so such unknown. Um, but yeah, I mean you can make say the same thing with Denver, who who traded, um, uh, who got Trey Lyles and moved thirteen and and got um who they uh, Tyler Lydon right uh, at um, the kid from yeah. Syracuse, I believe. Uh, and and um, and Lyles has played uh, has played well, but you need him to play well to justify moving and not picking a Donovan Mitchell. Um, so uh, to to draft and then player development, it, it is so critical, and you cannot miss out on when, especially when you're a team that's um, in the luxury tax or going to be in the luxury tax, and you have so little uh, wiggle room with roster restrictions. You got to hit on these picks, and that's why. The teams like New Orleans and um, Washington, teams that are kind of fighting to get in and are going to be in the tax next year, if, if, if especially if, if Cousins goes back to New Orleans, you can't be trading these picks. I mean, you got those are going to be your backbone as far as your next layer, and that's why that Wizard bench is kind of weak, and that, and that New Orleans bench is weak, is because they don't have any guys they've drafted, and besides Kelly Oubre, they've drafted in the last couple of years here. I know they don't have a choice not to uh, transition at all to, to the Pelicans here, but I know they don't have a choice, but they're really going to wed themselves to DeMarcus Cousins, aren't they? Like, they're really going to throw the five-year, buck seventy-five-ish million-dollar deal at DeMarcus Cousins. What's your options? I, you I agree. I, like, yeah. I I, I, like, yeah. You're, but you're going to do it, and then... Oh, you're going to do it, and then you are going to be <laughs> mediocre. You're going to be a team. And then next year, we're going to hear about Anthony Davis not being happy. Uh, when they're 24 and 20 at the trade deadline, and he's got, um, you know, he's on, on another. He'll have another year left after because he's he's got this year, and then he's got um, two years, and then there's an option there. Um, and that's what we will hear about because I think these guys are playing as good as they can. I mean, they're I mean they're both voted in as starters, and they're yeah. at their highest level. And Drew Holiday's playing well. So what I mean, are you relying on Solomon Hill to come back healthy? I mean, those two centers that don't that can't play are not going to help you. Zero um, flexibility in terms and no of, okay. flexibility. So that's why to trade a pick just to get in. And I think they, they'll get in the playoffs even if they don't do anything at the deadline. It doesn't make uh, any sense. But yeah, when you make a, a trade like um, they did last February, and you give up a top five pick and you give up Buddy Heald, who I think is more of a bench, you know, rotational guy yeah. coming off your bench. I don't see him as a quality starter, but I think he can help you off your bench. That's that's the price as far as knowing that um, you're gonna have to pay five for five years for 177 because I think there will be a market for it's not like there's not gonna be a market for Demarcus Cousins I think the Lakers could be a, a landing spot I think Dallas certainly could be a landing spot so it's it's the Drew Holiday effect all over from last year I mean it's a little bit less money but the Pelicans didn't have a choice to bring um, Holiday back and you had to basically overpay to do it I, I just. I mean, DeMarcus is having a great year, but what happens when he doesn't have kind of the contract to to work for? Like, what happens when he gets the full five-year boat and 
and does he regress? Does he become, you know, volatile all over again? I mean, how, what what happens when the carrot is kind of taken away? That that would really scare me if I was a team offering him a long term deal. His talent's never been a question, like never. Um, but but the the motivation to to kind of toe the line and 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 play well with others, like th- those have always been questions with Demarcus. Well, years three, years three, four, and five would be my biggest concern. Yeah, you know, you're making thirty-five to forty million dollars a year. Oh, I mean, you're making more than you're making more than Anthony Davis, and and how and I, if I'm Anthony Davis um, this summer, and let they, let's say they lose to Golden State or Houston in, in the first round, I, I certainly would want to have it a big picture as far as how this team is going to get better and for this this group to lay it out for me because. To waste the prime of his career, uh, winning forty-three games is just not—it's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> not, not good enough for me. Let me ask you one last contract question uh, on Isaiah Thomas. To go back to Cleveland for a second. I mean, if Isaiah had hit free agency fully healthy after last season, at a minimum, he would have been in line, I think, for a Kyle Lowry type of deal—thirty million per year. Uh, over three years, I think if Boston didn't have you know a, a trade option on the table, and, and if he was a free agent, they couldn't. But um, th- they would have probably paid him uh, that amount of money. Now, as he has the the hip injury, which I know comes up in the minds of of general managers across the league, and as he's struggled early on, and and we know about the defensive deficiencies, and teams are already starting to wonder if the Boston system had as much to do with Isaiah's success as the way. Isaiah's kind of built to play. I mean, what what do you think the market's going to be for for Thomas this uh, this upcoming offseason? Well, if I had Isaiah down as uh, if he was a free agent this past summer and without any you know prior injury with with the hip, I had him between like twenty three and twenty five million dollars. I thought that's kind of what his his number would be, a little bit less than maybe where Kyle was. So, and it's still a great contract considering he was making uh, what six and a half. So, right this summer, factoring in um, the hip issue. Uh, we still don't know how if he comes back. Um, you know, not All Star MVP Isaiah Boston, but a top starter quality. Chris, I really only think the only landing spot is going to be um, Cleveland, unless it's one of these teams on a one year contract, like a JJ Redick type contract. Mm-hmm. Um, because I look at the landscape of the league, and we can we can go down to a. A lot of these teams already have good point guards. Okay, here are the teams that have room: Atlanta. Chicago, maybe Brooklyn, Indiana, Sacramento, Phoenix. Uh, maybe would he, I mean would he go back to Phoenix? Yeah, I, mean, I thought already, about that yeah, a little bit. He's already um, he's already been there. The Lakers. So when you start eliminating teams, and then Cleveland because they've got his bird rights, and so a lot of teams started, you mentioned too, they already have point guards, or, or and a lot of them to draft them. Like, yeah, and a lot of them are rebuilt, so who aren't ready to give a three-year, seventy million dollar contract to a. Um, to a player. I mean, it's all about timing. If Isaiah Thomas was in the class of 2016, I mean, he'd be cashed in right now, but it, he's not. And it, it's two years removed. And his best bet is to have, um, to finish the season strong, to get his legs under him, to get into kind of prime shape and to re-signing Cleveland. Even if it's not LeBron James there from a financial, if, if he, if he's looking to make money from a financial decision, that that's his best bet. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you you almost have to go back to the thinking of of Isaiah before he got to Boston. When Isaiah got to Boston, I thought, or right, he is the sixth man here. Marcus Smart is going to be groomed as the starter. Isaiah is that instant offense guy off the bench. Now he now he's he's flipped the script on that, and you give him all the credit in the world for doing it. But you know, if you're a, a team that's like a winning team, and you're looking at Isaiah Thomas, you're looking at a, a far lower salary and maybe a position coming off the bench. I mean, we we talked briefly about Ty Lue and. One of the things I'd say that that Ty has to probably consider at some point in the next couple of of months. You mentioned a roster shakeup, and maybe it's moving Isaiah uh, to the bench and maybe putting him with second unit guys where he can have the ball in his hands and, and make plays. Because you and I both know, Bobby, with the 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 Cavaliers' offense when LeBron's on the floor, it runs through LeBron. It, it's it's him with the ball, and that's not how Isaiah's used to playing, and it's not how he's thrived in previous years in Boston. No, I mean when they started Calderon, when Isaiah and um... Uh, Derek Rose were out. I thought he ran the team pretty well. I know there's a lot of deficiencies with Jose Calderon, but now you're like, you know, here's and here's going back to so many mouths to feed. Like now you get Rose back. Like what has Derek Rose earned to have minutes right now? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing. at all. And they're and they're a, a worse team when he's on the court. So why isn't Rose on the bench? Why isn't J.R. Smith on the bench? 
guys like that who have not played, are, they, are you basing it on merit from previous years? Because at one time Rose was an all star. So those are, and the, and the, you know, we're going back to Cleveland, but, you know, guys said, you know, they got to look in the mirror here. Well, yeah, you got to look in the mirror. And, and, and I think it will get to a point where some of these egos are going to have to get hurt here for the betterment, betterment of this team. Yeah, and that's going to be, uh, you know, Ty Lue's call over the next couple of months. going to be interesting the next few months uh, in Cleveland. Bobby, always great to talk to you, man. Uh, you're welcome back here anytime, even though you've uh, among the daily departed. Well, we, it seems like this is a monthly thing, so I'll yeah. have to talk to my agent. Maybe we get our own podcast going. How's that yes, sound? Yes, yes. The Eminem uh, boys. Eminem or like, uh, who, how about this? Who's got the number one? We'll go with that. The, <laughs> I will look at T-shirts down here that says the Brooklyn pick, and I'll wear it around. How's that sound? Yeah, perfect. I want a picture. I'll, I want a picture, and I'll tweet out the picture as soon as possible. <laughs> Sounds good, Chris. Bobby, thanks for joining, man. I appreciate you, man. it. Yep. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Bobby Marks for joining the show. As always, you can download archived episodes on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, really anywhere you can download podcasts. While you're there, post a comment, leave a rating. You know I appreciate it, and I'll see you next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 